Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. We'll be reading out of James chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word. Be not many of you teachers, my brethren, knowing that we shall receive heavier judgments, for in many things we all stumble. If any stumbleth not in word, the same is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body also. Now if we put the horses' bridles into their mouths, that they may obey us, we turn about their whole body also. Behold, the ships also though they are so great, are driven by rough winds and yet turned by a very small rudder, whither the impulse of the steers willeth. Willeth. So the tongue also is a little member and boasteth of great things. Behold, how much wood is kindled by how small a fire. And the tongue is a fire. The world of iniquity among our members is the tongue, which defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the wheel of nature, and is set on fire by the fire of hell. It's a little intense, but I'd like to speak to you tonight on <laughs> I'd like to speak to you tonight on the power of our tongue. So if we could go ahead and put our Bibles down, bow our heads and pray. Jesus, I thank you for allowing us to come together to be able to worship and to glorify you and to draw closer to you as we draw closer to each other. I give you praise for what's going to happen in this night, and I give you praise for the word that you're going to set forth. In Jesus' name. Amen. And you can sit down. So I read a, uh, I read a book on preaching. I t- so like I, go, I go to Bible college, and so obviously I should probably read something about preaching. And so I read a book called Preaching by a dude named Jonathan McClintock, who happens to be our campus pastor. And he has a, uh, he has like a way of structuring all his sermons. And he... Uh, he says that you should have like a target audience for every sermon that you preach. And so this thought, ca- this thought came to me. I had to, I had to turn in like a sermon thought for a class I had. So I turned this in. I kind of fleshed it out into a full sermon. And the target audience was, talk about my, I'll target myself on this one. So I, wrote, so I kind of wrote a message that targeted me. But I realized it's such a very widespread thing to talk about. Because what I'm going, I'm going to be talking about are words. We're going to be talking about how much power our words have. See, I have a, uh, I've been able to kind of slip myself into various situations because through things I've mentioned. Uh, I was actually talking, me and mom had a little bit of a, uh, we had exchange of words one time when we were younger. I, I had just started learning how to play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Me and my mom exchanged some words. And so I learned how to, uh, I just started learning how to play guitar. And it, like, I, like, I play, dad plays, Caleb plays, Lizzie plays, like, we all play. But, and so I, le- I looked over and I said, Mom, are you embarrassed that you don't play any instruments? And she's like, no, are you embarrassed that I don't play any instruments? And I was like, kind of. And I wanted to take this opportunity to say, Mom, I'm sorry, I'm not embarrassed that you don't play instruments. <laughs> I got myself, 
I got myself into a little situation with my words. Because it is, at that point, like, it's so easy to lose control of our tongue. It's so easy to fly off the cuff and make some remarks kind of at the expense of one another. The Bible talks a lot about this. The Bible has a lot to say about our words. It has a lot to say about it. Matthew 15, 11 says that it's not the thing that enters the mouth that defiles man, but the thing that proceeds from the mouth that defiles a man. Matthew 12, 23 says that from the, for the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 1 Peter three ten says that whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Proverbs says that the soothing tongue is a tree of life. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And Ephesians 4.29 says that, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. There are over a hundred verses dealing with our words, dealing with our tongue, or dealing with what we have to say. Because how Jesus puts it is that, What we say defines what is in our hearts. And what we say can make or break the future of others. Our words are so, so powerful. And it is easy to assassinate the character of those around us. How often have you found yourself unintentionally chiding in in at a conversation that hurts hurts your fellow coworker? I work in the food industry. I've done it more times than I care to admit. (laughs) There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's so, there's so much that we can say that can hurt those around us. The uh, uh, Decca Recording Company said that we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out when they rejected a recording deal with the Beatles. The Western Union said in in a memo that the telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. This device, this device right here is inherently of no value to us. Who wants to hear actors talk, said H.M. Warner of the Warner Brothers. And had any of these people listened to the voices of their critics, they would have never gone on to make a name for themselves and to revolutionize the way we view it the world. And how, there, how many opportunities, how many, how, many, how many ways of growth have we been able to kill with our words? How, how, many, how many people's progress have we stopped with a snide little remark at their expense? But there's also the opposite, though. How many opportunities can we help facilitate with our words? How many people can we help to grow with what we have to say? Again, do not let any unwholesome talk out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs. And it may benefit those who listen. We have the ability, we have the ability to build people up and to make such an impact in this city with our words. There was a, uh, there was a, there was a woman. She she was a teacher at a school in Minnesota, at a Catholic school. Her name was Sister Helen Morosia of Minnesota. She recounted the stu- uh, the story of a troubled student that she had taught. She uh, she had helped to teach a kid named Mark Eckland. He was in third grade and he was at St. Mary's School in Morris, Minneapolis. According to her, she had 34 students in the third grade, and all of them were very close. But Mark was special. He was one in a million. 
He was very neat. He was very happy to be alive, very loud, kind of mischievous. And he would often chide and start talking and talking and talking until she would have to say, Mark, be quiet. And he would always say, I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me, sister. And he, always sound, he was always so sincere about it, but it became a regular occurrence. She, she taught the man, and she, well, she taught the kid. She taught the kid, and she just kept on, and he just kept on being rambunctious. And then finally, third grade passed, and she didn't see him until junior high. Do you remember the kid? And at this time at junior high, he was much more polite, a little more well-quiet. He had learned, he learned some stuff, but this time he had a little bit of conflict with some of his fellow students. In fact, a few, a lot of his students, a lot of her students had grown to. There was a lot of tension in the room. They didn't, they didn't really like each other. They were standard junior hires. You know how junior hires can get. If you, ha- if you know any junior hires, you know exactly what I mean. I was a junior hire, <laughs> and so. At the, end of, at the end of the year, one random school day, she noticed that tension was extremely high in the classroom. And so she said, stop what you're doing. What, I, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a list of every student's name. And I want you to write down something that you, something that you like about that person, something that, something that you appreciate about that person specifically. And we're going to go through every student. And so everyone went through on their piece of paper and they wrote down what they liked about each student's. They wrote down something nice, something they liked about that specific student. And then she gathered it all together. She took, it, she took every, uh, every compliment that the stu- a student had received, grouped it all together by name, and they gave, they gave each student that sp- uh, their own compliments. And by the end, by the end of the year, she, heard, she never really saw anything real come out of that, but she did hear little murmurs of, I didn't think anybody thought of me like that. I didn't think I, I, didn't think I was that valued. And so she heard some murmurs, and that was the last she heard of it. And so some years later, she she was just hanging out at the house with her parents, and her father received a phone call. And her father answered the call, and the call that the Western Union said that we don't want to (laughs) use. Her father received a phone call, and then he got a little quiet. And then he said, Morosia, it, it's Mark's parents. They said that he was killed in Vietnam. They want you to come to the funeral. And so she's like, all right. And she goes to the funeral. And her, par- her parents are glad to see her. His, well, his parents are glad to see her. And then she, a, random pr- a random man walks up to her and says, hey, there's a, f- there's a group of us gathered in the uh, gathered in the hall that we'd like to talk to you. She doesn't know the men. She doesn't know who the group is. She walks into the hall, and they're like, we're your, we're your junior high class. This, uh, Mark, had written, Mark had written us, and they, they had found this in his pocket after they retrieved his body, and it was the paper with all the compliments on it. She looked at him and said, he kept this? He looked right back at her and said, we all kept it. We all we all went we all went on to with our careers. This was the this was the thing that we held on to for that, because it was their words that had made such an impact on them. We have we have the ability. 
not only do we have the ability, we have the Holy Spirit in us. How much more should we be a- should we be able to encourage each other? How much more should we be able to empower each other? The words of the year have been kindness. That's some, that's something that I that's something that I felt I need to I need to work on. That's was that's something that I feel like we can all work on. Our wor- our words are so so meaningful and they can make such an impact. Again, there's over a hundred verses in the Bible dealing with our words. So it's a little it's a little short and sweet, but if we'd like to stand. Mark had, set, Mark had held on to that paper all during his Vietnam uh, days. It was the uh, it was the thing that had kept him through. It was, peop- it was the words that he had received. It was the words that he had received. We receive we receive words all the time. What will you choose to listen to? Will you choose to listen to this? Will you choose to listen to the scathing words? Will you, will you choose to listen to the words that God has said about you? We sing it. We sing it today. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. We are exactly who God says. I, you are not who I say you are. You're not who Pastor says you are. You're not who your coworker says you are. You are who Jesus says you are. So if we'd like to step out, step in, step into the front. And I, ch- I challenge you to make a consecration with yourself on two things. Number one, I challenge, to, I challenge for you to accept who, who God says that you are. If you, feel, if you feel that there's been like a, if you feel that, you are worthless, if you feel you make no difference, if you feel like you don't like you mean nothing, that's a lie. God is, we are made in the image of God, and God is victorious. God is mighty, and we are victorious. We are mighty because Jesus has said that about us. And I also challenge you to make a consecration with yourself about the words that you will say. Look for someone to build up. Look for look for that person who's trying and trying to do something and, and tell, don't cut them down, build them up, go out of your way for them. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.